0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world, and that everything is just great, you know, with you. I today I want to talk about something. You know, the title is "Flee from every appearance of evil," and it's a scripture. It's a verse. In the book of, in the New Testament, the book of Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 5. No, chapter, the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 22. Now, I always like to give backstories to um, these reflections and these musings. And by the way, if this is the first time of being on this podcast, welcome. Thank you for being here. This is a podcast where I talk about my walk with God, what I'm learning about Jesus, word of God I'm a Christian I believe that Jesus Christ was God's appointed Savior to reconcile himself to mankind I believe that the Bible is the word of God and that God has affirmed and declared who he is through his word and that as many as receive the gospel according to the Lord Jesus Christ through the word of God and, and the truth that is in the scriptures and receive Jesus into their heart God saves them reconciles them to him and they are able to have a relationship a real-time relationship with god on earth as though they were already with him in heaven i do believe that when i die and i leave this body that the lord or when um, when my body dies and my spirit leaves this body that i will be with the lord and that is affirmed by the fact that I have a relationship with him even while I'm here on earth. He reveals things to me by his word, by his spirit. He he, he gives me the ability to do things that I ordinarily will not be able to do. He's a part of my practical life. So my faith is not just about what I believe, is what I experience, is what I see, is what I do, is what I live. And my relationship with God is as real as, in fact, more real I would say, than the relationships that I have with human beings that I, that I see, you know, and, and I think that is really what, you know, God was is, has always been looking for. The Bible says, and I think it's the book of John, chapter 4, verse 24, and it says, the hour comes that the Lord, um, that those that worship the Lord will worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such people to worship him, you know, so God is not looking for, you know, physical worship or worship that is very focused on on just doing things, you know, by roots, out of obligation or out of a sense of compulsion. You know, but God is looking for true worship. And he says that that true worship has to be in spirit. It has to be in truth. And I think that's a very good introduction and segue. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that, for what I want to talk about. And it's about, you know, for a very long time, I've had this thing whereby, you know, when, when you give your life to Christ, you receive the spirit of Christ. And then you also receive... Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, most of the time you have to really ask for that because the Holy Spirit doesn't, you know, he doesn't get crash any party, so if you don't invite him and in, he's not going to just jump on you, so most of the time there has to be a desire to receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit Um, and then most of the time someone will pray with you sometimes you can pray f- for yourself, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I think people had laid hands on me, I hadn't really you know, received the evidence of speaking in tongues and all that, so Eventually, I just got on my bed one day, I think I was about 17 or 18 at the time I was in university, and I was praying, and I was like, Lord, I'm not leaving this bed until I start speaking in tongues, and I was on the bed, and then the tongues started coming, you know, and that was that, and that, you know, sort of, like, ushered in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Some people always say that, is it, is it necessary for you to speak in tongues? The reason why, yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I would, I would, I would advise everybody, I mean, it's one of those things that God is, gives everyone, I mean, when they, Apostles on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, chapter four, Acts of the Apostles, when they received the Holy Spirit, they all spoke in tongues. So, uh, you know, the Bible does not tell us that some spoke, some did not speak. All said there was clothes of fire, tongues of fire on their head, and they all spoke with tongues. You know, some in languages that people could understand, foreign languages. Some in languages of, you know, um, probably of tongues of angels as well, because the Bible tells us in one Corinthians twelve that tongues come with tongues of men. And tongues of angels. So, the point is, for me, I think that like the reason why I can tell you the point at which I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because I have a a marker date, and that is the, when I started speaking in tongues. If you do not have that evidence of speaking in tongues, it's difficult for you to be able to come up with a marker date of when exactly you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit of Christ comes to everybody once we get born again and that's the spirit that you know is the new the new creation spirit that is talked about in second corinthians 5 but the holy spirit is different because that is now an indwelling presence of god that is um is is not the recreated human spirit but it is the is the spirit of god and with him comes the power to do so many things I, I wasn't intended to talk about the holy spirit this morning but i think holy Spirit, you know what you're doing so yeah and i hope i remember to put all those all the scriptures in the, in the description so in acts chapter one verse eight we hear when jesus was saying to the disciples you will receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me in jerusalem and samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth so the holy spirit the baptism of the holy spirit comes with the power to witness, and that witness is not just about what we say, it's about what we do, the power to know things, all the gifts of the spirit that are written in first Corinthians chapter thirteen, you receive those gifts when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you cannot have those gifts. The Bible is very clear that it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that heralds that brings in ushers in those gifts, and the Holy Spirit gives it to whomsoever he will, you know, so some people have some gifts, you know gifts of faith, gifts of healing. Some have the power gifts. Some have the, you know, discernment gifts. Some have the prophecy gifts, like the, the knowing gifts. You know, so there there are different manifestations of the spirit, but it's the same spirit. But the one, um, how would I say, manifestation of the spirit that is given, that is democratically given to every believer, is the gift of speaking in tongues. Which is why, and that is different from the diversity of tongues gift, which is a special gift. But there's the baseline, tongues, which every believer is just like salvation you are you are, you you have the right to get so i would be like why wouldn't you want to speak in tongues if you're a new testament believer it's available to you and then it gives you the ability to pray in the spirit which is what um, paul described so if, when you read the uh, uh, apostles you see that really everybody spoke in. i mean for all evidence suggests that they all spoke in tongues because even paul who wasn't present on the day of pentecost talked about praying in the spirit. He talked about speaking with tongues of men and speaking with tongues of angels. And he said it with such, um, how would I say, they said it so, what's the word? So it was said so freely that it it was, it's quite clear that this was a given amongst the body of believers. So for that reason, I think we can safely conclude that speaking in tongues is not something that we should be saying it's only for certain people or yes, I can do well without it. I personally, I, I can't even imagine a life as a Christian on earth without being able to speak in tongues because sometimes you just need, you can't pray. You know, your, your, your mind is too busy. You don't even know what to pray about. And the Bible describes this in the book of Romans eight, verse 22. It says, sometimes we don't know what to pray for as we eat, but that the Holy spirit helps our weaknesses and helps us to be able to pray with groanings, you know, with words that cannot be uttered. So I, have found that that helps. Those times when you're in a station, you just know that there is chaos. You don't know what to pray. You just give it over to the Holy Spirit. Your mind is not involved anymore. You're just speaking. And the Holy Spirit helps out. And I must confess, I don't pray in tongues as much as I should. We I've, I've said this in previous episodes before because, and it's it's something that I think I need to have at least every one day maybe five minutes of speaking in tongues because, you just need to give your tongue over to the Holy Spirit for him to do what he needs to do and address things, for you in your life and you know and things like that. I am quite lazy about that because, I have such a good relationship with God the father and i talk to him all the time literally every day i wake up i'm talking to him i you know we're just having conversations he tells me things i write so i'm very lazy about speaking in tongues but i realize that i shouldn't be i should continue with my strong relationship with him i should also be speaking in tongues as well so holy spirit i think everything we've just spoken about that wasn't on the plan but the lord has done what he wants to do so Go bridging into what I want to talk about now, and I think this is an excellent introduction because we've talked about the Holy Spirit giving our lives to Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how He enables us to witness for Christ just to understand what's going on. Now, I continue to say in many of my musings that one thing we must not be, we must not fail to forget is that there is a battle between good and evil going on on the earth. It's happening in terms of what we see physically. It's also happening behind the scenes. In the spiritual realm, there's a cosmic battle. It predated our existence, probably predated the creation, existence of our current world. The Bible tells us how. We just know that the serpent appeared in the Garden of Eden. Revelation tells us that there was a rogue um, angel that happened to draw away one third of the angels. And we just see that since then, God has been on a quest to reconcile man to God and sent his Christ to come on that reconciliation and restoration journey has instituted his church as a light in the world to chase away the darkness to hold it back but he's also told us and assured us that that same Christ who ascended back to heaven is coming back again he's coming to for a very glorious church he's going to take away put away all of the evil defeat evil death the devil final judgment final execution final destruction and then, bring about a new heaven and, and a new earth, and that is the hope for which every Christian um, we all long for. I think one of the curious things that I find about the modern world is that we have become so invested mainstream Christians have been so invest, become so invested in things of the world that we are actually the ones delaying the return of Christ because we 're not looking for it. The early church prayed for the re- return of Christ; they were so you know invested in it, but we were invested in this world, and I think that 's a deception that the devil has brought upon a lot of mainstream church and the leaders so to so as to delay his own judgment, because he knows once Christ returns as it once that second coming comes, I mean he's on the clock from then on, you know, but until Jesus comes, he, he still believes that he has a lot of time, so there's a lot of effort to to keep Christians very focused on their lives on earth, building empires for themselves, claiming territories, and very very distracted from the kingdom agenda, which is about preach the gospel to every corner of the planet, get as many people saved as possible, disciple them, teach them to be, you know, reflectors of the light of God, and pray and earnestly yearn and long for the return of Christ. It's a very important aspect, and probably we'll muse on this separately. So what I want to talk about is, once as I become more aware of the cosmic battle between good and evil, You know, I I always have these situations whereby certain things happen and God has given me like the spirit, some of the manifestation of the spirit of God that I have in my life, the gift of spirit. One of the most prominent one is the gift of discernment. The Lord actually told me several years ago he was going to, you know, make that happen in my life. At the time, I didn't understand what that gift of discernment was. And, um, but I I thought it was like discernment of, I was running this, you know, I didn't understand it anyway. But, as time grown, I realized that what it was or God made me understand, and I started to see it it was that he could he could he would show me when He could show me when it, there was a spiritual influence behind certain things, and again, this is the thing about the Holy Spirit. it doesn't happen when I will, so in other words. I could be in that situation for years and not see anything but the day God reveals he reveals it and I can't explain to anybody how I know I just see it and I know. So sometimes I I can he shows me into the hearts of men I can see motives I can see intents so I can tell. You know, he just shows me things. Sometimes he he reveals things about people's lives, things that I just don't I just start saying it and I just don't know how come I know this much detail. In all cases, whenever if I if I'm led to tell the person, it's it's hundred percent spot on. I would describe it even without saying what is going on. You know, I I would describe it in a way that the person understands. Yes, you're like you're yeah, right, you're right, you're right. This is what's going on. This is what has been going on in my life. You know, God showed this to you. Oh, praise God. You know that kind of thing. So sometimes I, he, I it it's a discernment about the human spirit, the condition of the spirit, what's going on in that life. Sometimes it is the discernment about the presence of an evil spirit. Of course, when the Holy Spirit is involved in something, that one, deep color to deep, iron to upon, I can always tell. So that one, I won't even call it discernment. It's recognizing what is in me. So many times when I even meet people, when they talk, when they preach, I can tell that the same spirit that I'm fellowshipping with, they are fellowshipping with them because, you know, I can just, the sameness of of relationship, of experience is just there. So that one is not even discernment. It's just familiarity and affinity based on relationship. But this other one is a discernment and illumination that God, the Holy Spirit, brings about as he wills. And like I said, sometimes it's not something you can switch on, which is why when I see people you know, clustering around, people that they believe have the power of God and they believe that they have the ability to switch it on at will. I'm like, you don't understand how the Holy Spirit works. No matter the gift in your in your life is not something that operates as you will. In other words, it's not the people you want to heal that will, you know will be healed by that power. It's totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. By faith we can pray for people and by faith they can be healed. But the power gifts that is by the Holy Spirit. It's not, you know, when he... And sometimes, yes, it's a manifestation, maybe at a particular time and place, like maybe in certain services, but you can't switch it on. I remember Kenneth Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen mentioned this once. He was the is the only pastor that I've heard actually confess that openly. He said sometimes that when, when he's, uh, you know, he used to have these healing uh, meetings and he would say that at a time, he would feel when the power of the Holy Ghost comes in that healing and that when the power lifts, he will tell the people on the healing line, the anointing has left me, but I can still play with you, pray with you in faith. If you are willing to still stay, and let's both believe that God will heal you, you can stay. But if you would rather go and come back another day, so be it. Until some people will still stay on the line. So you know, the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, because he's the only pastor, and I've li- I've listened to many. I've never heard. Particularly my local environment, any man of God confess this. Whereas it's the truth. The power does. It's not there 224-7. It's not there when you're in your bed, you know. Sometimes it does come on. And you know, that's the funny thing. You know when it comes on. Like me, when I'm speaking, I also, there's also an, an anointing that comes, you know, when God, when I'm speaking. It happens even in secular, whatever. It happens anywhere that God wants to speak. So, it happens profession, in my professional context. It happens if I'm speaking um, spiritually, like even on this podcast, it happens. Like for the first nine minutes, the Holy Spirit took control. That wasn't me speaking. So I'm, but I know, but I also know he, he, I also know when he drops off and he does that sometimes he drops off like not right now. I mean, when I mean drops off, he's not, he's not speaking for me, you know, even so. So at this point, this is me speaking. So, and, um, but there are times he takes over and i think even people on the podcast when they, they can hear when he takes over because you can tell that what i'm saying i don't even know it myself and then when i after he finishes saying what he wants to say then he 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 dips out he, he hands over back to me and then i'm like oh my goodness you know and and i begin to reflect on what has just come through so that's how it is you know the, the holy spirit is not there 100% anyway so where i'm going with all of this is that um so when i say the holy spirit i mean the power gifts are not there 24-7. They are not a manifestation. The Holy Spirit picks and chooses the points, the times, the spaces, the durations, the recipients by which those powers come through. The power is, the um, the gift is given to you, but the manifestation, the Holy Spirit, has proprietary power over the time and spaces. Please, let's be clear about this. Okay, So, so in that same spirit of discernment, sometimes i sense things about situations that i can't explain sometimes i sense that there's something very not good slash evil going on in a particular space with a particular person and in a particular relationship now the challenge is that many times when that happens i don't even have the how would i say i don't have the i don't have I may not have the basis or I may not have things to hold on to. Sometimes, sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't even have any data to support the sense that I'm getting. But I have found out 90, in fact, 100% of the time, not even 99.9, because this particular manifestation I'm talking about, it is most of the time unbelievable if you want to compare it with the physical data, as in. There's you can't even you can't draw a line from the way this person presents themselves to the insights or the senses that I'm receiving, or this relationship or this situation. There's hardly ever a correlation, so my mind begins to go into overdrive and begins to challenge and question what I'm sensing. But on, in fact, let me just say 99.9% of the time, since we try we we use that, let's leave a margin of error of 0.1%. of the time, when I ignore those sensings, I later come back to see that exactly the sensing I was getting, which did not have any physical justification at the time, was 100% correct. In fact, the level of the correctness leaves me with goosebumps. If 100% of the time, I will tell you, there is not one, because in fact, the more, Yes, Holy Spirit. Thank you for, for reminding me of this. This is you now. In fact, the more, the more strange, the more outlandish, the sensing is, to the physical impression that that person gives off, the more accurate that sensing is likely to be. Did you hear what I just said? So the more stupid and strange and foolish, and completely irrational and crazy as that sensing and discernment is, the more likely it is to be 100% accurate and spot on. I'm just realizing this as I am. Because honestly, in fact, the ones that, probably I would say that point one margin of error is, is the ones that probably they are, you know, the two is a bit close. But when they are opposites, as in light and darkness, light and day, black and white, most of the time. So what does that tell you? That tells you that, Evil is completely masked and clothed in this earth. It never presents itself as evil. Just like the serpent presented himself as a friend and a confidant and somebody that can be a trusted advisor to Eve in the garden. The serpent will never show itself as a serpent when it comes. It will cloak itself. And that's what Jesus said. Even Satan is transformed as an an angel of light. They will pretend to be your most as in the most loving advocates, the situation would look so friendly. If it's a new environment you're moving into, it would look so harmless, but it would be the most deadly situation you could ever have gotten yourself into. I have experienced this in environments. When I mean, you know, as in maybe a work environment, a, a country environment, I've experienced it with people, I've experienced it with situations, I've experienced it with the relationships. So yesterday, and I'm, I'm like I said, I've, I, if you listen to my last two or three musings, I've been having some experiences right now with a particular relationship that has turned out to be, hmm, oh my goodness. In fact, the mother, I don't pray that I will have any other reveal that will be more than this one because I don't think I can take it. I think this one, let's, God, let just, this one just be the worst. So, and of course, light and dark, but the sensing, clearing, and unmistakable, in this case, Physical things also started happening. I had sensed it. Then physical things started happening, and I, you know. But what it became clear to me again, my mind still trying because of the closeness of the relationship. My mind still trying to validate what's going on, that and challenge and question. Then the Holy Spirit just dropped this scripture in me, and this is where I'm going to bring it to a close now. This scripture in village in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-two, where it says, "Do not extinguish the spirits." Hmm. Wow. I didn't even realize this is what this verse is saying. This is really speaking to me. It says, verse 20, do not treat prophecies with contempt. That's what I've been doing by questioning the word of God. He said, but test all things. So good. I'm also, He says you also test it. So it's, it's good for me to also test what I'm sensing. But it says, hold fast to what is good, but flee from every form of evil. So for me. Now, these verses that I've read, verse 19 to 22, the application of it will differ for everybody based on your context and it's the Holy Spirit that will give you understanding. But if I want to apply it to what I am going through now, it is telling me that I should not, the Holy Spirit is giving me sensing, is giving me intuition about things. I should not discourage Him by undermining the quality of the information He's giving to me. So, and I should not treat these words that are coming from him with contempt. Simply because it does not fit with the narrative that I have been living with. He says, but nevertheless, it is right for me to test all things. But in my testing, I need to be careful not to treat that which has been given to me by God with contempt. So I should hold fast to what is good, which is my relationship with God, my relationship with the Holy Spirit and seeking to understand him better, and to receive his words with the reverence that it deserves. And in so doing, one thing I should do is that you flee from every appearance of, of evil. So this, actually, this now tallies what the Holy Spirit was telling me. So what he was saying to me is that, okay, these words and senses are coming to you. Your mind is going into overdrive and questioning and challenging. The word of God tells me that you don't need to validate that something is evil before you flee from it. <laughs> in other words, the fact that it's beginning to look evil is enough for you to flee. Because if you stay and you think you are interrogating the physical thing, the, the devil will give you, if it turns out that it's an, is a truly evil situation, the devil will mask it even better so that it will not look, that intuition that you had, it will make it, it will rubbish it to the point that you will now discard all of the um. Caution that you had been given. And this has happened to me before. It has happened to me several times. In fact, that's where I disregarded and I despised, simply because the narrative did not fit into the logic and the physical analysis of what I have seen on ground. But further down the line, I I saw, in fact, and this is the thing, anything that the Holy Spirit warns you about, the warning is like, He's only showing you 1% of the of the risk. That warning, I, I don't even understand why he was like that. It's like when he warned Adam and Eve that you should not eat from the fruit, the tree of the garden of even. For the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. That was all he said, though. He didn't tell them that <laughs> it's not that like you just die. You will be tra- your you and your descendants for centuries and generations and millennials you will be plagued with sickness and disease. You will you will sorrow all the days of your life. You will experience poverty, death, sorrow. You will cry. He didn't tell them all that. He just said, you will surely die. So the impact of their sin, I think, was completely lost on them. And that's the way God, when he warns you, he doesn't tell you everything that will happen as the consequence of your disobedience. He will just leave it at a very high level. You will surely die. Or you will be cursed, you know, like he told the children of Israel. Although, though, with the children of Israel, he, he, I think he spelled it out. Top. He had probably learned from the Garden of Eden experience. He spelled out the curses for them, what to happen to them if they sin. Of course, it didn't make much impact. They still went ahead and they sinned and they disobeyed. So, but that's how God is right now. He doesn't. So, with us in the New Testament, I, I think He has reverted to that Garden of Eden model. So He doesn't spell out to you the consequences like He did with the Old Testament people. He will just tell you, "Don't do this. You had better not go there. What will happen if you go there? Go now, then you will see." So, verse 22 says, I flee from every appearance of evil. Something, you don't need to validate that it is evil. I don't need to validate. Once something begins to look evil, it is, it is Speak. it is looking like, we say, it looks like a duck, it's quacking like a duck. Let us call it a duck and treat it like a duck before we are sure. Before we now get more information that shows us that it's actually not a duck, it's a goose. So I'm in a situation where I've seen something that is looking like a duck. is quacking so seriously like a, an evil dog. My mind has been struggling to grasp the fact that it's actually a duck. But I think at this point, when I read this scripture, I said, yes, Lord. It's not. I, I don't need to confirm. Let me just flee from the appearance of evil. It's looking very evil. So that's the title of today's episode. If there's anything and that is going on in our lives or a relationship that we're in that is not looking right. We need to remove ourselves from that situation as fast as possible. And then allow God to give us the wisdom. Create some time and space between you and that relationship, that situation and whatever. Then allow God to give you the wisdom, the knowledge, the courage, and the strength to do what you need to do. And I do realize that, in the withdrawal, it may not be possible to physically remove yourself, depending on the situation. But there is a way you can withdraw. You know what I'm saying? There is emotional withdrawal, there is spiritual withdrawal, and sometimes it is actually physical withdrawal that is needed. But the Bible says we should flee. It may also be resetting the relationship in such a way that the power that that person had previously, or that relationship had, or that situation had. You know, so there are many ways in which we can flee. We are spirit beings. We are so we are soulical beings. We are spiritual beings. There are many ways you can flee. But if it requires fleeing spirit, soul, and body, please do not hesitate to do so as well. And I think, depending on the context of the evil, if it's emotional evil, flee from it. If it's spiritual evil, flee spiritually. If it's physical, spiritual, and emotional... (laughs) flee. That's what the Bible says from all our parents. Most of the time when we talk about that scripture, we look at it in terms of sexual immorality. But no, the Bible did not, there's nothing there to say that it's talking only about sexual, in fact it doesn't even mention sexual immorality. So whatever the evil may be, whether it has to do with corruption of the spirit, of the soul, somebody that is trying to corrupt your relationship with God, undermine your relationship with God, you know, manipulate you selfishly for their own needs and, and gains, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, anything that look just flee, flee first. The standard for let God then guide you on what to do next. Why? Because otherwise, hmm, if it's really evil, if that situation or that relationship or that whatever is really evil and intended to to steal, to kill and to destroy, then it will it'll it'll your or my my permitting that relationship or that situation or that environment. Or my not resisting the evil hmm, will, is, is also enabling it in my life. So these are, you know, for me, the reason why I started this music was because I wasn't hearing, I wasn't, ah, I was no longer hearing scriptures, teachings that were, that, were, that are useful for life. I, that's, I I don't, Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hearing it anymore. So I said, you know what, let's go into the scripture ourselves and let's see what God will teach us. So this is it and, and you know, and, and, and this is it, you know, and, and I thank God this has been really, really useful for me. And this is why it's called musings. These are not teachings. This is musings. This is us doing Bible study together and the Holy Spirit teaching us as he does. And it's funny because I do this musing and I, I don't even... To me, it feels, I don't feel like I'm recording alone because I actually feel his presence with me. And I actually feel the pull of the audience as well, which is really strange and freaky. But then, I I this just shows me that God is involved in this. So thank you very much for listening. God bless you. And please remember to flee from every appearance of evil. You don't have to confirm that it is evil before you flee. God has given us all the spirit of intuition. The Bible says we have the Holy Spirit, therefore we know all things. If there is something that is, Making you uncomfortable about a situation or a relationship or whatever, there's a reason why. So create some space first, and then allow God to give you the revelation and the understanding that you need to either confirm, to verify, to amend, but to set you on the right path. What we cannot do is keep ourselves in a position whereby the enemy is able to um to to exact his his his, his plans upon us. Eve also should have done that. When the serpent came and started saying, "Has challenging what God has said, she should have fled. She shouldn't have gotten into discussion with him. She shouldn't have. If she had fled, all this would not have happened. But she started engaging him. And the more she did, the the reality of God's word became thinner, became more faint, and the practicality of what the serpent was saying became more realistic. So this is why, don't even engage. Flee. So long as it's not looking right, just flee. Flee. Ask questions later. Ask the Lord questions later. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay gifted and have a wonderful day. Amen.